Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the You Should Run podcast. I am Tony Heil, council member in Bridgeport, Pennsylvania. And if you've listened to my podcast, you know, I've talked to people at all levels of government, all levels of experience in government and campaigns um, from Washington State to Washington, D.C., from Florida to Alaska, Hawaii to Maine. And I've uh, talked to people who I don't know, and sometimes I like to talk to people who I do know, people who I'm friends with, who have their own experience in campaigning and in politics, and maybe get some uh, down-to-earth takes, because uh, from my experiences doing this podcast, a lot of people ran for office. I'm glad they did, but they also maybe uh, jumped into it without maybe some planning first. Doesn't mean they're not great people, but I think my guest today, S.J. D'Onofrio, uh, she is someone who's worked on many campaigns, and I knew her from when she worked here in Pennsylvania. She's worked across the country in various places, red, blue, and in between, and uh, hopefully we're going to learn something about how, what she's communicating about. So, SJ, uh, thanks for uh, coming on and talking today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Tony. And you're in New Jersey? Yes, I am. I am still in the Philly suburb. Well, yes, and I think that's the cool thing about New Jersey is that like, even if you live in New Jersey, you're going to admit you're in the Philly suburbs, because that's more cool to be. <laughs> well, it's more of a uh, north versus south thing, um, and even within the south, it's the Philly suburbs or the shore, uh, so you, you just gotta, even though we're very, very tiny, we still are territorial. Uh, who hasn't these days? Um, so, but speaking of territories, you have an interesting background, you worked in different territories, Across the country, we were just talking about uh, some southern states you worked in. Uh, give give a little bit of background about like, have you always been working on campaigns? What what did you start with? Sure. Um, so I started getting involved in college. Um, actually, in two thousand nine, my first campaign was um, both canvassing door to door for Governor Corzine's um, reelection attempt. And uh, as a campus organizer at my college, um, registering folks to vote and also sign up to vote by mail, which was brand new um, in terms of uh, anyone could do it in New Jersey in 2009. Um, from there, I've been working on political political campaigns in nonprofits and in government. Um, I've worked for the ASL-CIO, um, Planned Parenthood, the New Jersey legislature, and county government. Um, and I've worked on campaigns and initiatives up and down the ballot and uh, concentrated really up and down the East Coast. I've worked in Maine and I've worked in Florida uh, a couple times in both states. Um, I think my most uh, expansive uh, experience was working on Bernie's campaign in 2020 as a national field desk. Uh, a lot of folks don't know uh, what that position entails. It's basically supporting the field staff that are physically in the state, uh, though with COVID sometimes not physically in the state, um, and providing resources from the headquarters. So I was based in DC and working with states literally across the country. Um, most recently, I ran a friend's county race. Um, they ran as an independent candidate. So we had very limited resources. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And so that's also uh, shaped a lot of my experience in terms of getting campaigns off the ground and figuring out whether you want to run or not. Um, the thing that I'm really doing right now is I have a video series called Get Ready with America, where I talk about upcoming elections while putting on my makeup, getting on that YouTube trend. Um, currently, I am finishing out videos on every single state uh, and everything that's going on in 2022 in those states. I was editing the Oregon video to go up uh, as uh, right before we started talking. Um, and aside from that, I am building my consulting firm, doing some recruiting work, which is something I have a lot of experience in, um, as well as wanting to explore consulting potential candidates on what Upstart and running would look like. Well, that is a wide breadth of experience. And it's interesting, like, I always talk to people who have run for office, encourage people to run for office. And of course, you know, like I talked to someone who is in state government or even federal government at this point, um, and they don't have the same, nearly the same amount of experience in politics as you do because they got elected in 2019, 2020, 2018. And uh, I think people look, you know, if you look at a company, you think that, oh, the person who is in a certain position probably has the most experience um, but that's not necessarily the case of politics it's just kind of what you choose to do where you choose to do it what you choose to do for absolutely um and not that that's a bad thing i i think no. having this uh having as much experience as i have i have a lot of i think conflicting feelings in terms of like term limits and um, different uh, things like that and, in, and encouraging people to like stay in government or, you know, maybe retire, re retirement and, and let some other folks in. Um, I think there is a lot uh, that is gained from having long-term uh, elected officials who have very seasoned staff um, and have uh, very seasoned operations within their offices. Um, because, and, and I mean, something I, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about, um, office and serving in office is not just like getting to make these cool speeches on the floor of whatever the governing body is. A lot of it is actually constituent services. Um, I think everyone, every elected official minus maybe, uh, I would say school board, does some level of constituent services. Oh, and the school so board does tons is, of constituent services. Oh, well, there we go. Um, I, I know so, my yeah, school board it, members it, have come and done many things in our community. And I, I this past year... Um, they, I think now, especially cause you started like working on campaigns over a decade ago. So with how things are online, the awareness of very neighborhood issues from Senate down to school board, everyone knows a constituent issue if they're in office that they can't, that they can at worst 
get to someone else and advocate for. So our school board member can say, oh, I heard about Tony has this issue in Bridgeport and I'm going to reach out to someone. Or like we had a big storm this year. Our school board members came and actually helped clean up houses because they care about the community. And that helps a lot. Nice. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Um, so yes, keeping that in mind that like you are going to be talking to uh, your neighbors and people that are not your neighbors, uh, depending on how big your district is. Um, and so you are going to be dealing with things all over. And so um, uh, having long-term uh, elected officials tend to like have very good staff retention. And so it's people that know the system are very effective. And a lot of the times they stay in office because constituents have gotten good service from them. Right. Um, and so they're like, yeah, I know if I have a problem, I can call up my representative and his secretary, or not secretary, it's a constituent service person that's been working there for 15 years and knows exactly who to call to fix my problem. Like, I'm, I'm very inclined to keep that person in office. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think though that there is something to be said about more people getting involved um, both with running for office um, especially with a lot of what we're seeing in terms of wanting to expand diversity in all spaces um, but especially in uh, uh, governing bodies to have more voices that are representing their communities in these governing bodies. Um, so I, I, it, it's very, it's very complex. And I think especially the more time that I do this, um, the more complex my feelings get. So I've talked to a number of people who, um, in every state, I've talked to a great person from Alabama recently, Lisa Ward, who had worked for a lot of people before, um, deciding there's no one running her area and she was running. And I, I like her a lot. Nice person. It's very smart. Um, but a lot of people now in the last few years, whether it is in reaction to Donald Trump or in reaction to other things in Congress, um, they, they're like, I got to run. I got to do something. What, what do you think is the first mistake people make when they decide someone's got to do this? And if, there's no one, if it's not going to be anyone else, it's going to be me. I think the first mistake is not really thinking through why you want, why this is the move you need to make. Mm -hmm. um, especially if you just have like a single issue that you are concerned about. Um, and you've talked about this on uh, the podcast with other guests before that, like there is so much that happens in government. And like, while, you're not ever going to touch all of it and you can't always know about everything. You're still going to touch more than one issue. No matter what. And so if there is a singular issue that you are concerned with, um, that's not going to sustain a campaign first off. And it is certainly not going to sustain your term or multiple terms in office and in in that vein it might be better to get involved with an organization that is focused 
on that issue. Um, I think also uh, in terms of the why, not just with like if you if you can only come up with limited reasons, maybe the reasons you come up with are not great. Um, if it's like, well, uh, because I just don't like that guy. Um, and so I want to run against him. That that's not the best, the best reason. Um, and I say that because campaigns are very expensive and they're very time consuming. And so like, if you have a vendetta against some guy, um, you're probably better served doing something else. Uh, to mess with him than for you to spend your money and your time running for office. Uh, Because then if you get elected, um, then what are you going to do? You didn't really care about running for office. You just wanted to screw with that guy. Um, So I think uh, those are both like very, very wild um, examples, uh, or I guess expansive examples, but I think really uh, drilling down to why it is that you want to run. And then the other thing would be like, even if you have uh, a very, you come up with very good options, um, calling back to talking about uh, expanding diversity on these governing bodies, um, are you the person to run? Mm -hmm. Like, should it be you? Um, I was just listening to your interview with Kelly Kraut from Arkansas in, uh, from 2020. Um, and there were a couple things that you both talked about, uh, that I, that made me, me, made me think of this. First off, she is a mother, um, of a very large brood, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> with a very, very large age, uh, span. So she has a lot of, uh, knowledge about, uh, the education system because she's seen it through the years. Also, like, there's just lots of lawyers um, that are running, and uh, if you're another lawyer, that unless you're bringing like an expertise that is missing to the table, like maybe we don't need another lawyer. Maybe we need to look more in terms of like the gender diversity and the race diversity and the economic diversity. Um, if you're just like some rich white guy um, that's running great, we have lots of those that have run. Maybe we should open it up to someone who's more middle class, maybe someone who's poor and like giving them the, uh, the resources to be able to run. Cause as I said, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, why and are you the right person to do it are definitely the first things you should think about. Well, one of the things I've noticed from talking to a number of people on here is that there are some candidates who don't necessarily fit their district, but if they didn't run, nobody else would. And I think that, um, you know, I talked to Emily Segrist, I've talked who ran for uh, assembly in Wisconsin and she was a great candidate and she didn't win in 2018, but by running, I think that her and other candidates help lift the score up for other people, right? So you, it's important that we get – we don't want to just put S.J. D'Onofrio on the ballot just to have a name. But if someone's willing to do work and we don't have anyone else, someone willing to do work and not pull us down is something important to have on the ballot. Absolutely. Um, that was another thing that I thought of. It, it, I think it's com- – 
it's very, very uh, important for any party to be constantly thinking about the future and not just the right now. Um, like, even if you don't have the perfect candidate at the perfect time right now, finding someone who can fit the bill and make it work um, so that you can at least build interest and retain interest and, uh, and uh, yeah, I'll just say interest in the party uh, and what they're doing, that is better than nothing. And I've talked to, uh, I just talked recently to a number of candidates who uh, made me think about this recently in the last couple terms, maybe since Trump got elected, um, there's been this big push for suburban women or, um, you know, more upper middle class people taking over the Democratic Party because they're so put off by Trump and now for social reasons, which are fine, they're, they're not there are not reasons I disagree with, but they are kind of taking the forefront of the party more so than before. And, you know, you worked for Bernie Sanders. Um, I worked for Tom Harkin when I first campaigned. I, the, the, the Democratic Party used to be a, um, I think, more focused in terms of how it looks as working class. And a lot of those things in terms of the activists are no longer those same people. Um do you see that in all the things you're doing and what can we do to kind of address that? Yes, absolutely. Um, I have had, a, I have had the, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to think there's an exact word that I want and I'm trying to think of what it is. Um, Fortune. I have had the good fortune of working, uh, I would think specifically my work with Planned Parenthood um, in terms of the folks that I worked with and the network that I built through working there. I have gone on to work with more folks in more progressive spaces um, thanks to I would say both Planned Parenthood and uh, Bernie's campaign. And I work with a lot of folks of color who, yes, are very, very frustrated with feeling like uh, doubt <laughs> and that they have um, much different uh, perspectives on what's going on with their lives and what would help them in terms of uh, policy and what they would like the Democratic Party to push for. I think um, I, I don't want to speak for communities that I am not part of. Um, so I would actually highly encourage folks to listen to Latasha Brown, who is one of the co-founders of Black Voters Matter down in Georgia. They were, you know, part of the, the big push that got us to flip those Senate seats in 2020 um, and are now just feeling very worn out and uh, slighted by the Biden administration and by Biden himself and not putting forth as much effort into voting rights bills and civil rights bills as 
he promised he would. Um, and so she did a uh, an interview on What a Day uh, on Wednesday, January twelfth. Um, so highly encourage people to listen to that. And uh, everything that she talks about is conversations that I've had with colleagues um, and folks that I know, friends. Um, and that is, I think, very indicative of what's going on. Um, you do see there's this push of the upper middle class, white, suburban folks that are just like, we just think Trump is terrible. Um, and then you have other folks, and it's not just folks of color, lots of white folks that are in lower socioeconomic statuses. Um, myself, even as someone that's uh, middle class, but because I have not kept uh, consistent employment, um, there's a lot of factors within society that have uh, been very detrimental for my life. Um, and there's this whole group of people in this whole wing of the party that's just like, we are trying to make life in general better. We're not just trying to get rid of some dumb guy. Uh, and so, so that's, I think, uh, the big the, the, the big thing that uh, kind of uh, divides folks sometimes. It divides folks, but there's also this problem right now where, you know, I would I would rather that Congress and, and Joe Biden passed a $6 trillion, whatever, $4 trillion Build Back Better bill that had all of my priorities in it. I would rather that they passed the voting rights bills. Um, I don't even agree with all the voting rights. Like I agree with voting rights, but I don't agree with every component of them. But I would rather they pass those bills months ago. I would rather that they did certain things. But there's also, pragmatically, and I know it's a frustrating thing to talk about, a 50-50 Senate with one senator in particular from a Trump plus 40 state, which means that Trump could just like put his name on the ballot and he's going to win the vast majority of people. And then another Senator who mind bought makes up these ridiculous reasons for a filibustering. Um, so how do we in excite people to run, but also temper expectations because that's it. Like Joe Biden can't force the Senate to do something that there's not enough senators to do. I'm not saying he's doing enough. I'm not like get, saying he it's good enough, but you know, like I when I ran for local council, it's a small issue, but people wanted recycling. We'd never had borough curbside recycling in my town. And I had was told by people, you know, it might cost a lot more money, so be careful what you promise because you might not be able to deliver it without big costs. So I tried to say this is what I'm going to work towards and temper how I would do it. We did it. It ended up being better than I expected. But, you know, is there a way that we can succeed and not be dishonest or not pipe up things that are impossible? Uh, I, I love that you gave that example of um, what you wanted to do at a local level, because really my true belief is that everything is more impactful on the local level. And so we're talking about, uh, like, the question is, how do we temper expectations about things that are happening federally? I think that the solution is that we need to come down and focus more locally and state level. And maybe it's not like I need to uh, 
be part of this major thing that's going to push for federal legislation about climate change. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I need to join my township's uh, recycling program or something, or like economic development or uh, environmental development um, committee, uh, and start at the local level and make those changes down there. Because if we are just proposing things all the way at the top that we're not entirely sure are going to work, um, that's not great. Um, I think like starting at the bottom and building both uh, networks and communities and support as well as founded solutions um that is and then we can take them up the chain um i i've worked at all levels of uh campaigns and like so we met on a county race Mm -hmm. i was the field organizer in one township i learned so much from being a field organizer in a township that I have then built on to be a national field desk on a presidential campaign. I didn't jump straight to being a national field desk. I worked at different levels building up that those skills. And it, it's the same thing when it comes to government. We don't just jump to the top and have all the solutions. We have solutions for the top because we've tried things out. So then I think, and I agree, one thing that frustrates me about campaigns is that they begin and end. And so like all of the staff, all the organizing, and you know this from your experience, they come in, they help get Kelly Crowd elected. That would be great. She's awesome. Um, And then, you know, Kelly would be better at this as a person. But the staff will then be like, I'm going off to Maine now, I'm going off to Florida, I'm going off to Pennsylvania. And then, uh, so the organizing kind of goes away. Um, maybe it would be better if at, at the national level, the real touting was the local grinding it out, what's happening. Because there are a lot of great successes um, across the country um, that get no attention. There's so much going on in cities. I talked to the mayor of, of Providence, Rhode Island, who what they're working on climate change, and it's great. Get zero attention from anybody. Uh, do you think that that's? Is there any voice we can get to make that happen? <laughs> um, Let's get that done by Friday. Man, I I wish because yeah. uh, that's what I would love to, mm-hmm. um, and that's like one of my favorite things about doing my videos is learning about what's going on in states and cities um, and random counties and districts uh, across the country that I wouldn't know about otherwise if I wasn't concentrating my effort. I could tell you all kinds of crazy stories about all the different things that are happening in all of the states um, because I am taking the time to learn about all of the elections in all of them. And so I am with you <laughs> that I wish that there was more, 
way to get more information about the great things that are happening that we don't hear about because I I do think that we're a little oversaturated. The media is a little oversaturated with the same stories um, and the same issues, um, and that is what is contributing to uh, the fatigue of wanting to be involved. Yeah, it is, and it's frustrating when I go online and I see so many people who are in the media that, one, um, are hysterical about everything. It's always an extreme with basically every media show. I can't watch TV news at all because it's, OMG, look at this rising COVID number without any context. And I'm not saying COVID's great, but, you know, um, or I can't believe this, or the Democrats are destroying all of America. Like, I'm fine. It's not great. These things aren't all great, but, like, most people, if they're not watching that, aren't agitated about it at the moment. But also the people in the media don't have – very few of them actually have experience in government or campaigns. And they talk like they're experts with no expertise. They also don't cover – like there is enough news that happens across the country that there could be twenty like 24-hour news. Uh, national news is feasible because there is a lot that's going on. But they pick five stories every day, and they just cycle in and out. It's like, you know, uh, I don't know if you listen to uh, 104.5, uh, probably like 10 years ago when it became like the new alt-rock station, right. and it was like fairly independent, and so you would hear this like great mix of, of, new, of uh, songs all the time, old stuff and new stuff, um, and then it got bought by iHeartMedia, mm-hmm. and now it's become one of those stations that you just hear the same 10 songs played every hour, um, and a throwback every once in a while. That's what I feel like a lot of 24-hour news is. Like, they have just, like, their collection of stories for the day, and they're like, we're just going to find new angles for them for every single hour. Um, what I love about MSNBC is uh, Rachel Maddow just being like, no, I'm going to talk about this random thing. Well, uh, even Rachel Maddow, <laughs> like, I I don't care to listen to her. Like, she doesn't really have, it, it's not like she's, like, worked in congressional offices, right? Like, Right. And she's not, it's not like, you know, I. it's not even like you. Like, if you came on and said, here is my expertise from all these campaigns, um, I would be like, I'm going to listen to her. She has some expertise. Whereas she's a TV host or radio host. And I'm like, I think, I think there's some expertise missing there. Um, now I want to get to your videos though. And what you're talking about, uh, because I've talked to someone in every state. I have some perspectives on all those states. Now, what's something that you've learned, especially like right now from looking at all those states? Um, I mean, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning with folks that, um, you know, there, there's just no one running mm-hmm. from a, a party. It, it's happening on both sides. Um, there are just like states or districts or counties or whatever that uh, everyone's decided, well, it's it's this uh, party. They're just going to do it. Um, they're they're going to have it and so no one on the other side even tries um but that is uh that happens all over the place on 
on many levels. I see congressional districts, there's legislative districts, um, there's even uh, statewide. So I just did a video on Oklahoma, and they have a whole bunch of statewide offices like labor commissioner and auditor um, and positions like that that are elected offices and they're partisan elected offices and right now the only candidates are the incumbent republicans and it's like there's no talk from democrats of even like putting someone up um and it's that's just like wild to me uh and then i also look at so i i was talking about oregon um they don't republicans have not put up a candidate or like a, a, a real competitor against Rod Wyden, who is running for re-election to Senate. And I mean, he's been in office, he's running for a fifth term. So he's been there for over two decades. Um, and he's a pretty like entrenched Democrat. But it's not like there's no Republicans in Oregon. They actually have uh close to half of the seats in the legislature um both the house and the senate and um they have a crap load of people that are running for governor which is another statewide office and it's just like why aren't you organizing better so that you can put a very good candidate up against wyden and then also be competing statewide for governor, which is an open seat. Um, and so, like, I understand people, they're like, oh, the open seat, that's going to be easier than going up against this two-decade incumbent. Um, but, like, going back to talking about um, the person you talked to from Michigan, like, you just, like, you got to put someone up because you have to keep interest up. Um, you have to... You have to uh, keep that muscle built. Um, hey, you lose with, muscle memory otherwise. You you lose exactly. you know, like your exercise. Exactly. And and because um, um, I think I think uh, I think Kelly talked about was like uh, letting people know that uh, there is a Democrat mm -hmm. on the ballot. So make sure you do go vote and you vote for me. Like don't just skip it out because you think it's just going to be Republican. Um, it's interesting. I just talked to Blake Allen on my podcast from Oklahoma, and he. It's talking about, yeah, Oklahoma is a very deep red state um, politically, but um, it's growing in demographics and, and more diverse. Um, up, uh, uh, there's upward mobility there. Um, the people moving from other states to Oklahoma and Texas, there is real opportunity. And it's also not like running for statewide office in Texas where, you know, your margin might be closer, but the number of votes to become closer is easier in Oklahoma than in Texas. So it's some of the same trends, but like if you get a few thousand votes in Oklahoma, suddenly you're making inroads and that's going to help down ballot. And there's also, I, you, you just were looking at it, some really cool Democrats in Oklahoma in Oklahoma city and Norman, um, you know, Jacob Rose, Rosecrantz. Uh, he did my podcast. He's a teacher and really smart. Um, I feel like people kind of look at just the same 10 states no matter what and miss out that there's really good people out there if you just give them an opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's elections happening all the time. We're all always voting. So right. like, it's going to happen. You should look into what's on your ballot. 
Um, I think judgeships also, that's a big one uh, recently. Um, what was it? Ohio. Um, there is chief justice and then two Supreme Court justices um, that are on the ballot and the two uh, justice positions. They're both Republican. They're unopposed right now. And one of them is uh, Governor DeWine's son. So like... And though, and in Ohio, the Supreme Court just overturned the state legislative districts. Um, they might overturn bef- by the time this goes up. They will very possibly have overturned the congressional districts, and you know, it only takes one Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're not running, if there's like, granted, you have to be somewhat qualified to run for judge. Um, yeah. But if you, um, you know, if you're running against another judge, and sometimes those are considered nonpartisan seats, even though they're partisan in a lot of ways. Um, the other candidate, like a crime might come out against them. They might get sick. They might say something stupid, which has happened a lot. And suddenly a race that shouldn't be competitive is. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So um, I appreciate your, your views. And, um, and again, what's the, say the name of your YouTube channel again. And on, then also based on all you've seen around the country and your own experience right now, why would you encourage people to not give up and either run for office themselves or find, get their qualified friend and like make sure that they don't give up on getting them to run? Sure. Um, my video series is called Get Ready with America. Um, you can find my channel either looking up Get Ready with America or my name, SJ D'Onofrio. Um, and I would say if you want to run, um, First off, like, more power to you. Um, I have no intention of ever running. Um, and that's just because uh, I'm not a policy person. Uh, that's that's where my brain, like, totally just, like, blanks out. And I will be like, when you get the law all uh, figured out, then come back to me, I'll implement it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I have a, a immense amount of respect for folks who do look at uh, what's happening and they're like, you know what I want to do? I want to serve. I I want to be in government. That's amazing. Uh, I would say uh, do your research first. Um, You want to make sure that you do all of the financial um, research. Uh, what does filing look like? What does banking look like? What are all of the rules? How much money are you, go- are you going to need? What are your resources? Um, who do you know that can help you out? Uh, what organizations can you uh, hook up with? Like, is is there uh, a spot in your local party that, like, they are looking for someone to run? Um and then also uh, manpower. Do you have people that can help? Do you need to hire people? Um, all of that. I think there's just there's a lot of questions um, to answer uh, before you just kind of you kind of jump in. So do that research. Um, if you yourself, like me, don't want to run, be active. Um, find organizations. Um, I meant to look up this quote. Uh, before I jumped on here with you, Tony, um, but I had mentioned before the interview with Latasha Brown um, on What a Day. Uh, she said something fantastic about getting involved. Um, the people who have been involved are very tired. Mm-hmm. Um, they need the support. Um, 
And if you don't want to run, we need your help in terms of uh, helping organizations or people who are running need your support. Um, if you have a friend that you're trying to push to run, first off, cut them a check if you can. Uh, if you can't, or in addition to that, give them some of your time to reach out to do direct voter contact, because those are the two things that you always need in a campaign, money and people to talk to voters for you and with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know it's very cold right now outside. And so I'm not talking to voters much unless I'm at council meetings, but I will be going to doors this spring. I miss going to doors. Um, but if you're not going to doors, you can go online and check out, uh, SJ D'Onofrio's uh, channel. Uh, thanks so much for talking on your podcast. I hope people check out your, um, perspectives online. It might be more valuable than some of the more, uh, well-known people on TV and whatnot. Uh, so good luck. And if you're running, if you are wherever you are, that, ah, uh, maybe you should listen to all these people and consider running for office yourself. Thanks so much for joining.